The voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. We're talking football. We're talking bye week. We're talking BC Lions. The biggest game in the CFL to date is Thursday here in Winnipeg. And Coach Mike O'Shea will tell us why it's just week eight. And I will say... Man, this is enormous, and it may determine the fate of this CFL season. And we'll take your opinions on it as well. 204-780-6868 for your calls and your texts. The calls are already piling up. Coach, people people can't wait to talk to you. Thanks for being with us here in studio. I'm sure they want to talk to you, too. I'm just here. I'm like, I'm the conduit to the to the head coach. If they need random drop-in stats or tips on <laughs> sous vide cooking, they can absolutely uh, feel free to uh, ask it. The the bye week. Uh, you personally, did you did you get what you needed from the bye week? What you hope to to accomplish or not accomplish during the bye week? Yeah, it seemed to uh, seemed to do its job. Refreshed, yeah. reinvigorated. Yep, yeah. yeah. all that. And more. It goes by very quickly, though. And like any vacation, I'm not, you know, I'm happy that that there was some time to do something else. But also towards the end of it, you start, you know, percolating again on on what you got to get done. I was talking to a couple of different folks about it. Zach Kalars said, I have to really force myself to kind of stay away because he wants to go look at this or check this out. And then I talked to Richie Hall and he said, I do my work. And when I leave the office... I'm out, so I have no problem, you know, getting separating from work. Which is there a bucket you fall more into? Do you have to force yourself to stay away, or do you realize, or are you able to do it? I think it's in between. I think you look at some stuff immediately after just to clean it up, so you can clear your head. I mean, if it's if it's to me, if it's left hanging, I'm going to think about it. So you you do a few things to to clear up some questions you have, get some answers you need to have to be able to, you know at least relax a little bit. And then once again, towards the end, you start thinking again about what, what's next, right? I, but I think, don't think that's any different than any other profession, right? Oh, Lots of people go away and the last day of their vacation is spent thinking about what kind of work they have to do the next day. So yeah. Well, I was no, no different than anyone else. I was salivating to get back at it. I'm like, let's go. I can't wait for some more Blue Bombers football. I can't wait to talk to Steve, who's the first caller up tonight. Steve, thank you so much for your call. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hi, Coach. Um, a question that you might not want to answer, but I, I talked to my buddy earlier today about this. Edmonton has lost 21 home games in a row, I think. Yep. This is not good for the league. I Correct. And he's a Bomber fan, I'm a Bomber fan, but we need Edmonton to be better. My point is the league is a bigger picture. Without the league, the Bombers don't matter. So this is not good, what's happening in Edmonton. And I know maybe you're, who cares, but it's not good at all what's happening in Edmonton. We need the league to succeed or else... You guys, the bombers, have nowhere to play, and and I'm I don't I don't I, I if you don't want to comment about that I get it you're a bomber guy but that's 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 what's really really concerning to me is that Edmonton is doing so poorly. Yeah, I've 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 said this on the show multiple times. I'm a huge CFL fan. 
Um, I've loved this league for a long, long time since since before I started playing in it. Um, and we need all the franchises to be successful. But there's always going to be cycles of 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 time that you just not as good as you were in other times, right? I mean, Edmonton is an historic franchise with five great cups in a row through the late seventies, early eighties that all that can never be forgotten. Right. They have had lots of success over time and they'll eventually they'll have success again. (laughs) It's just the way it's going to work right now. They're, they're not having any success. And, um, yeah, I, I agree. We we need all the all the teams, not just Edmonton, to to be successful um, for the league to thrive. But uh, this league's been around for a long, long, long time, and it's not going anywhere. Edmonton making news today: they demoted offensive coordinator Stephen McAdoo, promoted Jarius Jackson to take that role, and they're taking Taylor Cornelius, their starting quarterback, and making him the third stringer, elevating Jared Deggy and Trey Ford. Uh, when you saw that news, did you have any reaction you'd share? Um, it's always about the people. I, you know, when I first started coaching, I coached with Steve McAdoo in Toronto, so we shared an office actually, and uh, you know, I. I Quite enjoyed my time in that office. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So um, obviously he's still on staff and he's going to have his input too. And, uh, you know, in terms of players, it's it, unfortunately the business, you know, th- sometimes is is up and down for the players too. But once again, it, these guys aren't, aren't on our team. But, uh, you know, knowing the business, none of it is easy for anybody. Yeah. And in, I mean, you can't just clear out a roster, bring in 20 new guys. And, and so coaches end up being fall guys, whether it's deserved or not, the listener will determine what they, what they believe about Edmonton right now. But coaches are kind of first in line to, Hey, you gotta, you gotta go because this is the change we can make. No, players always go first, you know, generally speaking, you know, they took our first couple of years here, you know, we changed over a big chunk of the roster. You can't do it overnight. That's the thing. And and I, I'm sure, made it by the skin of my teeth, <laughs> you know, <laughs> into the third year when we started winning some football games um, with regularity. And there were a lot of players that that had to be given bad news, you know. Um, and I'm sure a lot of them would think that I should have been gone. <laughs> so it, it well, is it is a tough – it's a tough business that, you know – most of the listeners out there would not face that kind of scrutiny with that with their their livelihood hanging over their head on a weekly basis trumpeted by the media and social media yeah. and well, I can't believe I can't 2016 and a lot of negativity was, you know 100%. With, with very little thought given to the person to the human well, yeah. behind that story cuz right, so. as the joke goes ultimately we're we're rooting for laundry right we're rooting for the bombers and yeah, just well, bring in another guy. Bring in somebody yeah, else, right? It and it doesn't work that way. You no, yeah. it it does. Continuity works. Chris Jones will win some football games if he gets given the chance to be around, which I'm sure he will. He's got a, a longer term contract. It, he's proven that he will start winning football games at some point. He's they're not going to go over this year. I promise you that. Does every coach in that situation? feel pressure the pressure from above of oh boy jobs are jobs are on the line or is that a 
constant feeling or is that a constant we push that well, aside we, feeling? We, yeah, we know that. I don't think we ever think about it on a, you know, it's not like we think about it on a regular basis. You just know that when you sign up, when you sign your contract, you know, at some point it ends. Yeah. That which would get into an interesting psychological conversation of we have to fight that and ignore that. And you do look, ignore look it. At the, look at the you, long you term versus yeah, the short term. I don't think you're ever fearful for your job. No? Like you can't beat that way. It doesn't work. It, it will not work if you're constantly in fear of losing your job. It's just a fact. Yeah. That in pro sport or coaching in general, you, you know, if you're getting paid to coach – at some point, you're, somebody's going to decide that you shouldn't get paid to coach anymore. In any super competitive, I mean, because there any, are anywhere, anywhere. You, you know. I think of how many coaches there are that would give up body parts to be where any one of your coaches is, right? Just at every level of it's, but, but yeah. not all of them can do it. Oh no, absolutely! You, you but know. they all want to, and yeah, it's. Yeah. It's it would be yeah incredibly competitive at that point. Uh, Gary, I see you there. We'll get you on the other side of the break. I got to take a little break as we continue with the coaches show. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Your questions right to the man, Mike O'Shea on six eighty CGOB. The Pro Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on six eighty CJOB. Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. 204-780-6868 for your calls and texts for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Gary has been patient and hung in with us. Gary, thank you for that. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hi. Hi, Coach. Uh, you know, on the uh, weekend, uh, I was watching a, a game, and, uh, you know, it seemed as though uh, about four times – uh, the running back would run, be running through the line, and he would get clotheslined. You know, like the uh, the defensive guy, he'd stick out his arm and you know almost decapitate the uh, uh, the player, uh, the running back. And I was just wondering, is there any uh, like I know I know there there's a penalty for horse collar, but is there any uh, penalty for uh, uh, play like this or uh, does the league uh, look at this, you know, for possible uh, uh, future, uh, uh, you know, penalties like rough play or whatever? Yeah, it would it would fall under the category of unnecessary roughness. Uh, obviously, the the horse collar, uh, a face mask, um, a, a high tackle like that. But mm. you know, a lot of those when they slow it down, and they would look at them in the booth. I'm not saying that they would generate a flag from it, but a lot of them, when they sort of take a closer look, they, you know, the guy's arm gets, uh, you know, into the shoulder pad, like the shoulder area, even though his arm is high, it's not just a, a, a swinging arm motion across a guy's neck. You know, yeah. they, um, and football happens very fast. So sometimes there are some high tackles. Nobody really, like that tactic is just not employed anymore. Whereas if you put on films from 50 years ago, I think a clothesline was a, yeah. like an actual method yeah. to tackle, you know, or 60 or 70 years ago, whatever it is. Yeah. Like usually, you know, like, I mean, in those plays, uh, you know, like the running back, he, he'd really go, you know, flat, Ba- uh, like backwards sometimes, you know, like, uh, you know, as if, you know, he was, you know, like stopped, Suddenly, you know, like, you know, like hitting a brick wall. 
Yeah, I've I've hit a few brick walls in my day and ended up on my back. But uh, you know, it's it's a it's a tough sport played by tough guys, and and it is difficult for the officials at that kind of speed. You know, it it would have to be pretty egregious for yeah. I think them to call. Like I said, it has to be that violent arm swinging motion right to the throat of somebody. I think to to be called. Um, but they they do they do look for it. Uh, and it has been called. I just yeah. I watched a bunch of the stuff this weekend, and I, and a couple maybe have looked like that. But you know, when you see it slower, it's like, well, it's a pretty good tackle. Would uh, if the if the uh, ref uh, like on the field uh, missed it, could it be called up like from the booth upstairs? Yeah, they they tend not to generate flags like that from upstairs. Um, I'm not saying they can't ever. But okay. uh, those kind of situations, no, they just go with uh, yeah. the call on the field. Okay, thank you very much. Yep, no problem. Thanks so much for your call, Gary, at 204-780-6868. Clotheslines and, what, head slaps? Was it Tutel Jones was to slap an offensive lineman in the head and run around him? Oh, yeah. Those those were not the days. With those helmets, too, the, oh. r- the ringing you would get from the plastic, like if he swatted you in the ear, it would be, yeah, I could see how that was... Uh, I mean, they, it they, was effective at the time. You know, you wish you could play back in that era. You know, it was it was tough. <laughs> we the are, speed was different, I guess, and I get all that. That you know, but it was it was a pretty tough game back then. We, I don't even know. What, a decade ago, we oh, you drilled a guy in the drilled a guy in the head and KO'd him. Like, yeah, that's the greatest thing ever was. And then now it's. Certainly, it's gotten a much a lot safer for the for the players, for the athletes, and yeah. rightly so. Yeah, absolutely. The ones that uh, that that draw us in. Steve is with us on the line. Steve, thanks for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hello there, uh, Coach. Uh, how's your time off? Has it been? And uh, I got a question to throw at you. But first, I'm going to ask you: In your spare time, did you did you get a little bit of R and R for yourself? I got a little bit. As I said earlier today, Wednesday was the day where it just sort of all the stress left my body, and then Thursday we were heading back to to get it back at it. So good, it was. It worked out well. It was excellent. Okay, well that's well that's great to hear because all of us, uh, regardless of what your occupation is, all of us we need to recharge our batteries. You know. To get our mojo back and <laughs> yeah. and I, to get going, you I know? don't know if I've ever had mojo. Still, <laughs> I'm still, still looking. looking. <laughs> well, hey, you know, like uh, for some people, it's coffee. For some others, it may be a, a beer, you know, a shot of wine or whatever, you know. <laughs> oh. You know, like, but uh, me for to get my mojo, I need my Java in the morning. Yeah. Not Diet Pepsi, Steve? Like in the booth, I'm just – Doug Brown looks at me like, me. how many Diet Pepsis can you hammer? Not Diet Pepsi for you? No. Coke ah. Classic. Coke Classic, man. I've been a Coke Classic all my life. Ah, yes, that's the, that's the good stuff. There's a there's a point for some of us where, where I've ballooned up so much I just can't do that anymore. Steve, appreciate you being with us. Thanks for your call, sir. Okay. Uh, Steve, nice enough to join us at 204-780-6868. The text line is open as well from Bill in St. James. Uh, coach, have your feelings changed approaching the bye week as a player versus now as a coach? Would you rather keep momentum going, Bill asks. 
Uh, that's an interesting question. I think um, you do need some time. Uh, you know, if we were to get a 10th team, I think we would be back down to maybe two bye weeks. I think three is a lot, you know, during the season. Um, and, yeah, there are certainly times where – and it's I don't know that it's momentum-based in terms of, you know, winning all the time. I just think um, how your body's feeling, you know – if your body still feels good and fresh, then you probably want to keep playing, right? So um, it's hard to judge that, and everybody would be everybody on the team would be different on how they feel, right? So yeah, you, you, they're they're a necessity. They they really are. You need time, um, and I'll we'll never complain about them. That's for sure. Well, and and this bye week for Bomber fans comes at a great time. You guys come into the Thursday's game on a bye. BC comes in having played Saturday and Thursday uh, by a couple of metrics, I can quote to you the, the most advantageous schedule. This is one of the examples of, Hey, uh, it's an important game. And uh, you, you come in on significantly more rest. How big a deal is that for you? Do you believe? I, I don't know. We, in years past, we've won on short weeks too. So um, we're, you know, we, we never really spend any time looking at what the other team, what kind of rest uh, they have whether they're coming off a bye or whether they're on a short week. It it's not really relevant to our preparation, right? So, yeah. um, Rick Campbell's a very good football coach. He's been a good coach for a long, long time. He'll know exactly what his team needs on any given week <laughs> to you know to to be ready to play. So the that's the one thing we will always believe is that the team that we're playing that week is ready. <laughs> so you yeah. have to believe that bombers and lions Thursday, seven 30 kickoff five 30 pregame show with Doug Brown, Ed Tate, Ted Wyman and myself live from the tailgate area at IG field. We will be talking extensively about how big a deal that one will be for us. And hopefully for you as well, two Oh four, seven, Oh, 68, 68, more of your questions and texts for the head coach coming up. It's the coaches show on six eighty CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Show brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. 204-780-6868 for your calls and texts. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at DT on OB. Jock Cartier did so. And he says, uh, please ask Coach O'Shea, what are his favorite and least favorite Adam Sandler movies? Oh, Yeah. Geez, now you caught me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Happy uh, Gilmore. We were referencing Happy Gilmore a little while ago. Uh, punching out Bob Barker is yeah, just that's, incredible. That's pretty funny. Some of that stuff. I mean, I think there's a, a lot of parts to Adam Sandler's movies that I would enjoy. Yeah. You know, whether the whole movie's any good, I don't. You know, I think some. The Wedding Singer. Uh, yeah. Good. Fifty First Dates. It was just on the other day. That's. A, if you've if you've never seen Fifty First Dates, watch it. It is really good, uh, and yep. it's Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore yep. from quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, what what was the one he should have got nominated for an Oscar for? Oh gosh, I am I've lost it. But uh, like, I, I, it always kind of surprised me when actors had that comedic side. Will Ferrell is a great example. Obviously, the absolutely hilarious comedic side, but Will Ferrell can really nail a dramatic role. 
too. And it's I'm I'm always fascinated because those are different skill sets. And when one person can so deftly do them both, I always like if Zach Kalaris was a was a all star safety, I'd be like, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I think the answer for football coaches during the season is we don't get to watch a lot of TV and movies. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, in the off season, if you hit any good Adam Sandler films, at Jacques Cartier would, uh, would want to know. Uh, at BA Split, also on Twitter, uh, he asks, why isn't Kenny Lawler in the NFL? He goes on to say, uh, lack of speed, uh, his talent should be good enough, kind of question mark. Well, I think by now it's probably an age thing for down there. You know, I don't, that's just the way it goes. They, they put a lot of stock into, you know, a free agent coming from another league, how old they would be. So he's probably aged out for his opportunity. Yeah. I feel like you're probably okay with, with him uh, staying in the CFL and staying in blue and gold for this year, next year, and years to come. Yeah, he's he's incredible. <laughs> he's an incredible receiver. What makes him so? We've talked about this before, but yeah, give me something that makes the, him so. It's the entire package, right? His his body control, uh, air awareness, you know, like when he's in the air, how to manipulate, how to body control, right? But Diving but, sideways and backwards to make a catch last week. Yeah, yeah. so his hand-eye coordination, his physical hand size, his physical abilities, like his ability to run and jump, like those things are – all that combination of stuff, it just gives him a huge catch radius. He, he, you know, I was asked this question today, and it basically he makes very difficult catches look very simple. Yeah, could you, would you share that story again? You told it yeah. at your media availability available so, yeah, online. Yesterday but. he made a catch down the sideline where the ball was thrown in a certain spot. He, got, he ended up turning around, sort of, taking a couple steps backwards, catching the ball on his outside hip right close to the sideline, continuing to turn. And, you know, he was very tight to the sideline and just didn't miss a beat, continued on down the sideline with basically without losing any speed, uh, without even making it look like there was a catch to be made. And it just looked like a very simple catch, simple basket catch on the outside of him. And then continued on down the sideline with great speed and stride length. And it just, once again, it when you watch it, it looks just routine. But everybody in the building understands how difficult that was to do. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's just a, oh, well, you know, for him. <laughs> so he does he does that often. There, there are some times where... I watch a, a football player and I, and I go, I can't necessarily describe how easy is sometimes is not often not the right word, but how just smooth certain guys can make it look. And they do make it look easy, although, you know, it can't possibly be easy because there are professionals who would struggle to be at that level. And you go, I it just it always I don't know how to describe it, but I know it when I see it. And you see you see it some of it with Kenny for sure. Yeah, he's. He he's just very quarterback friendly and yeah. pretty well everything he does. That's very good. And he knows how to get back to the huddle super fast when he may not have caught a ball near the sidelines. Jerry is with us on the line. Jerry, thanks so much for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good evening, Coach O'Shea. How you doing, Jerry? I've seen Kolaris. It seems to be laying on his back quite a, quite a bit each game. Have you ever thought of throwing in more screen plays? 
to slow down their defensive line from doing hard rushes. Is this Bob Irving? He, <laughs> he used to ask me about screenplays all the time. Wanted more screenplays. Oh, this That's is true. Jerry from Ralph. <laughs> okay, Jerry. Uh, you know, there's there's always a number of screenplays in the on the call sheet, and whether or not that's what the game plan dictates, you know, or the game flow dictates, is is how often they get called, right? So, um, I, you know, a screenplay does take time, and you basically allow the rush to get to the quarterback before you throw the screen. So, in certain screens, not in every screen, obviously, but in certain screens. So, I don't know with with the very talented receivers we have going downfield, um, you know, you'd probably want to be throwing the ball downfield. But I understand well, the question. Yeah, the part is, if you're seeing that they're, they're rushing and Calaris is on his back and he gets touched quite a few times there, the screen will kind of slow things down on the defensive line, don't you think? Yeah, that that generally speaking, uh, you know, is is one of the desired effects. Um, you know, once you throw a screen, though, based on your tendencies, the defensive coordinator on the other side might understand that you're not going to throw any more screens or you're not, that's not how you're wired, right? So then the rush picks back up again. Once there's been one in a game, you know, I think there was something about Moss. I, I don't really know, I have the context for it, but I think there was something about Moss calling two or three screens in a row or something. Uh, to that effect, which would be very rare, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that it slows down the rush. They just go to the next play, and and they want to pass rushers want to rush the passer anyway, right? So, okay, that's the only question I have. And see you on Thursday. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you so much, Jerry. Appreciate you being with us at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Lot of lot of receiver jet sweep type runs or pop passes or Nick Dembski comes across the formation. I don't know how. There, I feel like there's. You don't tell me too much, but I feel like there's a lot of ways to lessen the impact of a rush if you're if you're Buck Pierce and not screen passes would be one, but I feel like he uses he has more ways to do it than. Two linemen run out to the side, and and uh, I yeah. was going to say Andrew, but Brady yeah. follows him. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's all sorts of ways. There's a quick passing game. There's running the football. I mean, there's all sorts of things you can do. You can add guys into protection. You can do that, right? I think, yeah, I think our offense is running pretty well. <laughs> In week three against BC, it was seven sacks for that BC defense. Um, how how will I know you won't tell me the answer, but how will that be different in, in week number eight? Will it be a different approach? Do guys have to play better? Richie, Richie Hall likes to make the joke, the game was at 7.30 and we showed up at 7.40. He makes to make that kind of that kind of gag. What, <laughs> what, what could be different? Because, I mean, Matthew Betts was blowing kisses when last we saw him at IG Field. He was, was he? <laughs> he uh, did after the third sack, uh, yeah. There you go. Um, I, I just, I think we're... A more educated team. I think we've, you know, increased our football IQ, and I think we're a very good football team. So I'm sure it'll look different. Five and two would seem to agree with that. Brian is with us on line number two. Brian, thanks so much for being with us. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hi, guys. Yeah, Mike, on the last show there, I like your answer, like explaining how it's the whole offense that's to blame when plays don't go well, and it's not just the O line that, that causes a sack. So, you know, in the previous years, I always, um, the offense made it look so easy, but I realized that 
and when they struggle, then I realize that it must be hard work to execute <laughs> those great plays. Eh? It's really hard to win. I think that's sort of what gets lost in in this in any pro contest. You know, in any sport, it's not easy to win. So, as a season ticket holder, I take it for granted. But yeah, I'm just like you know, you just want to you hope that things go well, and you guys pull it together when things don't go well in the first half. Uh, so, my question is. To prepare for the Lions game, would you go back to the film from that game on June 22nd, or would you view um, more recent games that the Lions are playing? Yeah, you do both. You always do both. You always look at uh, last few games that the new opponent, your next opponent, has played, but you always sprinkle in the last time they played you because there's things that are more specific to our style of football. So... um, you know, how we line up defensively, how we specifically attack an offense, how we specifically attack a defense, what our punt formation is. Like you want to see what an opponent is going to do versus you. Um, you know, and you, you value that as very important information. Uh, you also want to look to see if what they're doing more recently has changed from what they're, what they did to you last time. So you, you you always spend time on the previous game versus that opponent. And then you sort of look to see how you're going to weigh that information. Um, if you're, if the last three games or if the last couple games that BC played were against a team that uses uh, solely a double tight end formation or a, a wing T formation, you're not going to use that film to gather the data because it wouldn't be relevant. You would want to look at them versus a, a, a team that uses uh, formations relative to us, you know. So if that helps explain it. And for the Elks, like, can you learn something from that even though they've been shut out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's always things to learn. I mean, we pull we – pull, we pull information from every game that's played, you know, whether we use it that week or not, there's, there's information to be gathered every single week. Right. So, um, I think our, our guys do a great job. Our players, our coaching staff does a great job of making sure the guys are, are have information to learn from every single week. Brian, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate you being with us at 204-780-6868. Plenty more to come with the head coach, Mike O'Shea next the Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed terms and conditions apply. Derek Taylor and the head coach, Mike O'Shea, with you. 204-780-6868 is the number to call. And on Thursday at 730, Bombers will be kicking off with the BC Lions in the biggest game in the CFL to date, uh, Coach, biggest game in the CFL to date? Is that uh, is that uh, fair? Accurate? Well, it's the next one. So that would be the biggest one for us, I guess. It if if things don't go your way, if if BC wins, they win the season series, they're two wins up, so they're essentially three wins clear in the West Division and hosting the West Final would be a low Sounds probability like a lot event. of math that I'm not going to bother with. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of math. Derek, uh, I 
prefer to just think about we got this one game coming up on Thursday and a couple of days left to prepare for it. So we talked about it earlier today, and I think come some impression. I'll just put it on myself. I feel like he must be thinking about that, but then I, I think, well, there's nothing you can do about it other than win the football game. Yep. You can't. Sounds, we, sounds like you understand us. Week twenty two, <laughs> like, but then are there degrees of wanting to win a football game? Never. You don't There's want to, no degrees of wanting to win a football game. You want to win them all. So you every, can go out and you prepare to win each game, and and we happen to prepare very consistently. We don't change our preparation from one week to the next in terms of um, how we think and the amount of work we're going to put in as a coaching staff to prepare our guys to play. We change some prep sometimes because just the way the schedule works out. Sometimes we've got. Six days between games, seven, five, right. a bye week. So scheduling changes, sure, but the desire to win doesn't change. From week eight and the Grey Cup are the same. That's it, it's not necessarily a fair question, but I imagine the emotion of either outcome in a championship game hits home more, but you still, you're still working hard to to win that game. Yeah. If you're able to all of a sudden work a lot harder, um, then you've been doing it wrong prior to that. Fair enough. So I was I was it will not surprise you. I was checking out some some numbers. Uh BC their defense is allowing fewer than five yards per play against run and pass combined and uh, 13 and a half opponent offensive points a game, which are numbers that are pretty reminiscent of the 2021 Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense. How good is BC's defense currently, do you believe? Yeah, they're pretty darn good. They seem to be having a lot of fun out there and playing together and um, making a lot of plays. And it seems like the, you know, the, the way the three units on defense, uh, they seem to be in phase, um, starting with their, you know, their front, their pass rush is pretty good. So, but um, yeah, they're, they're a good football team. We've got about two minutes left with the coach. Let's uh, bring in Mike. Mike, thanks for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey coach, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good, Mike. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. I won't take too much of your time. Just wanted to know, I saw the tweet by Ed Tate, see that uh, Kyrie's back at Prackey. Can you just talk a little bit about, I don't know if you're, you're committing to him playing or whatever this week, but what do you get from him that could be different from, you know, another outside linebacker option that we have on our team? And I'll hang up. Thank you. Yeah, we, we've got a lot of talented players that can that can step on the field and play, especially at the linebacker position. Kyrie happens to be a guy that, um, you know, developed over time with our team and has turned into uh, a player that, um, boy, he can make plays all over. He's just got an unbelievable uh, amount of speed for a guy his size. Technically, he's very sound. Uh, he he has paired that now with with good vision and great use of his experience, you know, in terms of uh, understanding what offenses are trying to do and how he's going to attack them. Because he's got so much speed, he's got a lot of power, too, for a guy who's not really bulky. But, uh, you know, he can he can whack offensive linemen and 
and drill running backs and still cover a receiver out to, you know, on a, on a route. And he happens to play screen passes extremely well. <laughs> so he's, he's a complete package and just, uh, quietly goes about his business. He's not a real demonstrative type of guy. So he was, um, he was very excited today to, to have the prospect of playing football again. Yeah. And, he was very excited. We'll see how the roster shakes out, but he certainly, he was running around at practice this week, which is, which is good for everybody. You mentioned screen passes. Do I need to come up with a nickname for him about no, those? No, do not come up with any nickname. <laughs> right. he, he likes to sort of fly under the radar, I think. He, he's a pretty quiet guy. He actually said he enjoyed the, the rehab process, which kind of caught me off guard but uh he's he has the chance to play for the first time since week four of 2022 and i think his bomber fans are pretty excited 7 30 kickoff thursday night football the bombers and bc lions a two-hour pregame show begins at 5 30 we certainly hope you will join us i know the coach will be there and he will be in in fine form coach thank you so much we'll uh, see you back at practice for day three tomorrow Perfect. Let's go. Go Bombers. The head coach, Mike O'Shea. The coach's show. Appreciate you being with us on 680 CJOB.